One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. Good evening, everyone. This is not Rick Morris. This is actually Chrissy Kromzak. And I am a fan of the show, believe it or not. And when I asked Rick what he was going to be doing the show on today, he told me he was doing a replay. And since he couldn't be on for you all, I asked if I would be able to jump on and see if maybe I could get my hand on this one because we have been talking about doing a podcast for a little bit. Um, I was on previously with one of my friends, Amanda Fever, and we were talking about doing a podcast called Two of Your Five. Um, that's still in, in the works. Um, I don't know if it will be with Amanda, but uh, we still may be considering that podcast. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, but the reason that Rick couldn't be on and join us today was because he was busy teaching an introduction to DISC and positive thinking to the juniors participating in the Entrepreneurship Academy at Hoover High School today. So he's always busy giving his services and offering to help other people. And that was one of the things that he was doing today. So that's why he couldn't be here. But today I wanted to talk about failure because I was GTSing, Googling that stuff. And I Googled the word failing. So the first thing that popped up on the screen was the definition. And it said, failing is a weakness, especially in character a shortcoming. Now listen, guys, nobody wants to be told that they're weak or not good enough. So I thought I'd talk about failure today and how we can fail forward, how we can use failure for success. So for me, and it's so funny, I should tell you a quick story about even jumping on the podcast. I failed in the beginning but it was okay because they told me they're going to fix it. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I always worry about the what ifs and the biggest what if for me is what if I fail? And when my mentor asks me why I didn't do the thing that made me uncomfortable, I ask him a bunch of what ifs. Well, what if this happens or what if that happens? And you want to know his answer? He says, well, what if it doesn't? And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't think about it that way. But I want to tell you something. He was the first one in my 37 years of life who approached it that way. Because most people, guys, they were telling me, they were so busy telling me why something wouldn't work. But then again, most of those people were average. So did I really want to be like them anyway? The average life that they're living and are still living is one that they created. And I don't know if you're okay with being average, but I'm not. Many of us strive to be somebody greater than the person that we are today. We have visions and we have dreams, but we get used to living these basic, average lives in the comfort zone. And when we get comfortable, then we don't want to move. So you can think of it as the comfort zone is actually the danger zone. 
And when we're in the comfort zone, we try to avoid failure as much as possible. And then we stay right where we are, never making any progress in life. So let me just tell you a quick story. Um, there's a bunch of kids that I teach, uh, and a lot of what we do is building confidence or leadership with horses. And I have one kid who he's so scared of horses, but all he wants to do is ride the horse. Now, most kids, they just wouldn't come, but he has such a great passion to try and ride the horse that whole cut he in the beginning what he did was he just came every day to the barn and got around the horses then eventually we got him brushing the horses and then eventually we would saddle up the horse and get him next to the horse just on like a, a you know a block that he could a mounting block it's called where he could just get on the block and be next to the horse almost like he was going to get on and then we had him leaning over the horse not even riding yet but just you know, leaning on the horse. And it, it was a, a, just a very slow progression. And you know what? That boy that was so scared of horses, he got on the horse and he did it because he came and he made the progress to do it. It was such a big thing that he wanted to do and he had the vision of doing it. And it's so funny too because the other day, my son came home with some homework and he's five years old. And on the, sh the sheet, it was, you know, um, any words that end in AT, color red. Any words that end in IG, color green. And he messed up the paper a little bit because he read it wrong. And he got so upset with himself. And I thought about it. In school, in school, failure really, it makes us feel like we're stupid. And I can point this out in another example where my other son, Jacob, who is seven, he does a weekly assignment at school and they have uh, probably like, I don't know, 50 questions. Um, they're all math problems and they have to do it within a certain amount of time. And the teacher, he will highlight with a red pen all the ones that he got wrong and all the ones that he didn't get to answer, didn't do in time. And he could have gotten, you know, 90% of the questions right, but all the ones that he got wrong is what is circled and what's sticking out. And I tell Jacob, I said, it's okay to fail. Failure does not make you a failure. Failure makes you brave. And brave people, they don't let failure define them. They let failure teach them. So I told him, I said, it's okay to fail, but it's not okay to try. Because he thought that if he just didn't do it, then, then he wouldn't fail. And we have to remember that life's greatest lessons are gained from our losses. Because every loss can become a positive learning experience. And going back to the beginning when I was telling you about how I'm scared to fail because of the what ifs. Well, being scared doesn't get me anywhere. So, and it doesn't keep me from failing, right? I'm, we're all going to fail anyway. We all do it. So here I am today on the podcast, probably failing. And you know what? It's cool because there's tons of people that keep telling me that they want to do a podcast 
but you don't see them trying because they're waiting to be perfect. But you're never going to get there until you act like my student who came to the barn every day, who brushed the horse, who got next to the horse, who got finally got on the horse. You have to do it. You have to take action. So we just have to remember that failure isn't permanent. And we have to look at the struggle as a beautiful thing. It's a sign that you're in the midst of what separates the great from the average. Because 99% of the world sees struggle as a hardship. Oh, time to pack it up. No, oh, I got to walk away. I didn't succeed the first time. Or maybe they're intimidated by whatever that goal is. But the best people, the champions, the people that are very successful, they look at struggle differently. And they know that failure is an indication that they're really making some progress. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that you've suffered a setback or maybe you were the recipient of bad news or felt a disappointment. I mean, we see that plastered all over social media all the time, right? We've all been there. Nobody likes to fail. But we have to take the problems and the losses and the failures that we're all destined to experience and we need to learn from them. So one of the one of my greatest mentors is John Maxwell. And his words of encouragement have inspired millions of people to reevaluate their choices and priorities. He understands that um, life is about learning. And we use the lessons that we learn to become better. So each day, we need to sit down and look at what worked and what didn't work. John always says that experience isn't the best teacher. Evaluated experience is. And when, if you look at a sports team, uh, you know, if they lose, they go back, they review the videos, they talk about what went right, what went wrong, so that they can be better for next time. And even, you know, if you're going to a conference, um, I had a conference this past fall that I put on. It was a leadership and personal growth conference. And I told the attendees, I said, you can be here and you can experience all of this. But if you don't take something from the conference and act on it, A-C-T, so what is one thing that you're going to act on, what is one thing you're going to change, the C, and what is one thing that you're going to teach. Take action on it and do something with it. Don't just leave here and do nothing because you're not evaluating anything that you learned. So we're going to continue talking about this after the break because we have to go there to pay Rick's bills, as he would say. And we will be back with you after these words. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office 
train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes. R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. This is Chrissy Kronzak again, talking to you today about failure and how we can use failure to be successful and to fail forward. So living means loving what you do, right? We all want to love the things that we do, and that is living our best life. So if you have to fail here and there to do what you want to do in life, then so be it. Who cares if you failed? You have to love success more than you fear failure. Don't get to the end of your life thinking what could have been. Just because you were worried maybe about what somebody would think if you did those things that you really wanted to do. The thing is that, you know, most people, they give up because Failure makes them feel worthless. And like we talked about before, nobody enjoys failing. We have to change our mindset that it's okay to fail. And if, if you think about the statistics, actually, there's, they say only 1% of people make it to the top. Well, that's because only 1% of people stick with the program long enough to see the results. So think about, um, you know, if you said that you were going to go to the gym, not a lot of people stick it out. You don't see the results from day to day. You have to go every single day and be disciplined enough to stick with the program. So the 1% of people at the top, that doesn't mean that we only have a 1% chance to make it to the top. It means that we can't behave like the other 99%. So in my mind, I mean, my, my, my wheels are always turning and I always have all these great ideas. I come up with a new idea every day. And we have to be disciplined enough to try all of those ideas. Just like I said, my mentor tells me before, he tells me all my ideas are great ideas. I said, why do you always say that? You're the only person that tells me that my ideas are great. 
you never tell me I have a bad idea. You just tell me I should go ahead and try it. Well, why does he say that? It's because he wants me to fail. Because he knows that when I fail, I'm going to learn. And what am I going to learn? I'm going to learn if I liked it, if I didn't like it, if it works, if it didn't work. The biggest disservice that you can do, guys, to somebody is to give them the answer. And I hated it when I learned that because I always wanted to know what, what's the answer. I'm a person of certainty. I want to know what people think. I take their advice. But at the end of the day, we have to know that we have to fail to learn. How many things didn't you do or how many chances didn't you take because you were worried about what other people would think? I want to talk to you about a quick quote that I saw at my cousin, John. Um, he, he's awesome. He has a rated R sports hub show. If you want to find him on Instagram, by the way, it's sports hub 518, but he has a podcast called sports hub radio and he's hilarious, but at his high school graduation, and this was years ago, he had a theme focused around a quote from a hockey hall of famer, Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. Whoa. That's saying something. I, since that day, never forgot that quote. You have to take action and you have to try. Think about all the different accidental inventions that came about just because people were trying something right? So if we think about um, equipment like pacemakers, x-ray images, the microwave, all of those were accidents. Play-Doh, matchsticks, safety glass, even potato chips, cornflakes, and Coca-Cola. And medications, penicillin, Viagra, and the most famous one of all, post-it notes. Could you imagine life without some of those things? And it's all because of failures. We have to know why we want something. And we have to have a burning desire to achieve it. And when we punch that destination into our GPS, our trip can change along the way. There's a million different ways that we can get to that destination. But we're always going to end up in the same spot if we know what that is. Sometimes it might just take longer because we're learning along the way. Maybe there was an accident or a road work that we have to avoid. But the point that I'm trying to make to you is that we don't know what's on the road until we go, until we take action. So the lessons are the power of our success, right? The lessons in that failure. But failure itself, it doesn't always lead to success either. We need to learn from the failure. Um, but the problem is that most people have a negative relationship with failure. We need to remember it's okay to fail. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was when we win, nothing hurts us, right? Everything's cool, everything is good, nothing hurts. But when we lose, there's lots that hurts. So we learn way more from losing than we do from winning. 
And it's funny because I am actually a barrel racer in the Women's Professional Rodeo Association. And I love barrel racing with those girls because they're all so competitive. Now, I could just go to the local rodeos or just the family type barrel races around here. But my horse, he always is very successful in those arenas. And it doesn't ever make me strive to be better. I want to be with the best of the best because it helps me learn. It helps me strive always to be better. And I was thinking about that when I was, there was a story about, they were talking about how, you know, we should give all kids trophies. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't have to feel that they lost something. Well, let me ask you a question, parents. Is it more important for your kid to win? Or is it more important for your kid to learn? Sometimes we as parents, even leaders, we have to step back and think about what the ultimate lesson is. Failure makes us change our thinking. That's how we learn. Learn from your mistakes, quote unquote. Right? So encourage the people that follow you. Encourage them. Your employees, your kids, whoever you're leading, encourage them to fail. When we're young, we have no problem failing over and over until we get it right. So think about riding a bike. How many times do you think those kids fail before they can actually do it? They don't think anything of it. They fall, they crash and burn, and they're cool as a cucumber. They get back up and they try it again, and all of a sudden they're riding the bike. They don't have to learn that ever again. But when we get older, we get weak, and we get soft, and we get lazy. There was a story that I was listening to about meetings at work. And before I tell you the story, I have to tell you about my meetings at work. And I won't disclose who that company is, but it's a very large um, national company that I work for. And every week we meet and we check in and let any, you know, let each other know if we have any issues. Okay. Well, uh, that doesn't really get us anywhere. I was listening, the story that I was going to tell you is I was listening to how another company does it who is very successful. And they actually encourage their team to come to, meet, come to all of their meetings. Each person needs to come to the meeting with a failure. Those leaders are actually encouraging their people to try something new. They want them to fail because they know that if they do that, they're going to figure out how to do things differently and how to do things better. So we are shortly going to go to a break. But before that, I just want to tell you one more quick thing. Um, I don't know what success looks about, like for you. But I really want to encourage you to define it and know exactly what you want. There was a study that I just did with Think and Grow Rich. And they talked about that you have to have a burning desire to achieve it. When you know what you want and you have that burning desire, it doesn't matter what's in your way. It doesn't matter about all the failures that are going to come along your way. You're just going to tackle them and move on.
So start figuring out what you do want. Sometimes in order to do that, we have to start with what we don't want. And I think Rick might have brought this up in another one of his shows, but you know, when when you, husbands and wives ask each other, well, what do you want for dinner? And nobody ever knows, right? But we all know what we don't want. And we know what we don't want because we tried it. And that was the only way that we figured out that we didn't want those things. So we're going to go to our next break. And when we come back, we will continue on the journey of talking about failure. Look forward to speaking with you in a few minutes. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And you're back with Chrissy Kromzak talking about failure. And I have a question for you. How did you fail today? That's the question that I ask my kids when they come home from school every day. I want to know one thing they did that day that they failed at. Because really the truth is when I ask them what they did at school, they tell me that they don't know. But if I ask them what they failed at, that really sticks out in their mind. And I make it okay for them to fail. I make it an okay environment for them to fail. So I'm here to encourage you to fail, not just today, but every day. Seek out failure because that's going to help us recognize the areas that we need to evolve in. So the sooner that you fail, the more often that you fail, the quicker that you're going to get to success, right? When we practice things, you know, if we're going to the gym and we're practicing lifting weights or we're practicing riding a horse, that's all controlled failure. We know that we're going to fail. 
or we're never going to get bigger muscles. We know that we have to fail or we're never going to get on the horse. You can't get fit without blood, sweat, and tears at the gym, right? But most people, they don't live their dreams or even reach their dreams because they stop at their first failure. Winners, guys, and I love winning, fail a whole lot more than they succeed because they extract the lessons from the failure and use the energy and wisdom for the next phase of their success. So I know it's a huge value add for my community when I can teach them that it's okay to fail. Um, I had an event, like I said, in the fall and it was really successful, but I want to do it again because it was so successful. I want to make it better for next time. And so I'm starting planning now for this fall October session. And what I have to do is I have to reach out to the people, to the community and let them know about the event. But it's a scary thing to do, right? Because I'm mostly going to get no's from people. They don't know me. They don't know about the event. They don't know how it's going to add value to them. All I can do is let them know that that event's going to exist. And what I've come to realize was I needed to make a goal for in the light that most people are going to say no. So my goal, guys, is I need to get 100 no's because those 100 no's, they're going to get me to my yeses. And those people that say yes are going to get that humongous value add from this event, which again, it's another leadership and personal growth event called Live to Lead that we do through the John Maxwell team. But if you want something bad enough, then being uncomfortable, it's an ingredient. Success takes work. Nobody just falls to the top of a mountain, right? We have to hurt now in the present. And that very same thing that makes us hurt and grind and hustle, that's the thing that's going to transform our lives down the road. Think about some of the greatest things that you've accomplished. You didn't get them easily. It took a lot of hard work and determination. I always tell my friends and some of the people that I coach, live at the edge of your capabilities. Live where you're almost certain to fail. And that's evident even in school, right? Going from, from, for my kids, going from kindergarten to first grade to second grade. They don't know what to expect from one grade to the next. They don't know how to do all of the work in that particular grade, but they learn to do it through failure. And when they get to 12th grade, they can finally graduate because they learned from it. The most successful people that I know, the champions, right, they're there because they failed more times than the guy next to them waiting for the right time to start. And most of us do that, right? I, I do it still. I keep waiting and waiting. When's the, right, when's the right time to start? Well, the right time to start is now. The champions, they take action no matter what. They don't care what's in their way. Reminds me of David Goggins. If you don't know him, look him up. Holy, you want some motivation, some inspiration. The guy is unbelievable. 
Um, but the best don't stop at their first failure. They don't stop at the 10th failure, the 100th failure. They do whatever it takes to achieve their goals. And they don't quit until their dream is a reality. There was a quote um, by Maria Collins. And she said, if you can't make a mistake, then you can't make anything. And I was like, wow, that's so true, right? We have to be willing to make those mistakes so that we can create the next thing that we look forward to doing. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was um, one of John Maxwell's mentors was John Wooden. And he wrote a foreword in one of John Maxwell's books, which I will talk about later because I think that that's something that everybody should read. But in the foreword, he said, if we learn to look at losses as opportunities for growth through learning, then we become undefeatable. Who doesn't want to be undefeatable, guys? We will always be fraught with loss. But if we are properly armed, the loss will not overcome us. So fear is inevitable. We're all going to experience it. And then he goes on to say, because the man or woman who takes something worthwhile from the bad times strips them of their control over our minds, bodies, hearts, and souls. And Rock Thomas, who I believe was on this podcast um, a couple of weeks back, he always says, if you have something bad going on or, or you, know, you got bad news or you failed at something, ask yourself, what's good about this? It's impossible for us to think about something bad and something good at the same time. So flood your mind with all of the good things about it. He talks about how when he was younger, he actually experienced alopecia. And so what happened was all his hair fell out at a very young age and he was very upset about it. And he sat back and he asked himself, well, what's good about this? What's good about it is I don't need to buy shampoo. I don't need to comb my hair. I don't need to worry about getting it messy in the wind. And when you think positively like that, it changes your mindset. It makes it better. Even if we think about what's going on right now with this whole coronavirus, right? Everybody's stuck inside. They're getting trips canceled and conferences and games and all kinds of stuff. We need to sit back and think about, well, what's good about it? It gives us time to sit down at home and reflect and be with our families and just slow down and take it all in. So think about what's good about this a great way to think about things um, and again we're all going to experience those losses and and the failures straight up problems right there's zero way to avoid it the only thing that we can do is just change the way that we react so just keep failing until you get it right um, I'll have to tell you a story when we get back from break about my kids and how I I really encourage them to fail, and it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but um, I wanted to tell you, oh, I wanted to tell you about the resource 
that I wanted to you the book that I wanted you to pick up. So John Maxwell wrote a book called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And in the cover, in the inside of the cover, he says this, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn is a roadmap for winning. By examining the 11 elements that constitute the DNA of learners who succeed in the face of problems. I encourage everybody to get that book. And there's actually another book that complements that one. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn for teens. Every teen should have to read that because they're the ones that get the most stuck when they fail. Again, I said before, school, it really makes us feel stupid when we fail, that we're not allowed to fail. My son, was when he was in kindergarten, he, his teacher would rip up his papers or crumple his papers every time that he did something wrong. How do you think that that makes a five-year-old feel? I didn't realize the extent of that until he went into the first grade and he told me, Ma, guess what? He said, it's okay if I make mistakes. I said, what do you mean it's okay if you make mistakes? He said, oh, you know, well, my teacher in kindergarten, she always got mad at me and she would crumple up my papers and throw them in the garbage. And my heart broke that you can encourage somebody, you can't encourage them to fail when you do something like that to them. It's awful. Um, so I think that we may go to a break early. And then when we come back, we are going to tell you the quick story about, about my kids when they're younger and about seatbelts. It's a very cool story. So we will be back after these messages. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance. And we're back with Chrissy Kromzak talking about failure. Well, you want to hear about a big failure. Actually, I guess it's not that big, but so I kind of like told you everything I wanted to tell you about failure besides my last story. And then I realized that we have a lot of time left. So it's probably good that I failed because next time I'll know, right? Next time I got to give myself a lot more information just in case. So maybe I talked too fast in the beginning. Maybe I didn't take enough notes. I don't know, but I, I just only have one story left. But before I give you that story, I did want to read you one quick thing from, I mentioned the book from John Maxwell. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And in the beginning, he talks about that learning is not easy during downtimes because it, re- it requires us to do things that are not natural. So what he's talking about is learning isn't easy when we fail, right? When we fail, everything sucks. No, nobody wants to learn when they fail. It's hard to smile when we're not happy. And it's difficult to positively respond when numb with defeat, right? You see people all the time, they're upset because they lost something or they were defeated or they got beat or whatever it is. It, it takes discipline to do the right thing when everything is wrong. And we can all attest to that, right? But that's why it's so important to you guys to have mentors and have people that can support you through those times because they believe in you and they see the potential in you when you don't see it. And John says, how can we be emotionally strong when we're emotionally exhausted? And how will we face others when we're humiliated? How do we get back up when when we're continually knocked down? And the reason that I brought that section up is because that's what this book is all about. It helps you learn about all of the different things that you need to succeed in those face of problems and failure and losses. But I wanted to end with with a funny story about my kids um, because really you don't think about it. But when our kids are little, they really do look to us to see how, what, how we react to certain things. And not that long ago, I was listening to Bruce Lipton, and he talked about how when you know, the kids are small and say they're on the playground, they fall down. And the first instinct is for them just to look up at their parent and see their parent's reaction. So was the parent you know, telling him that they're fine? Or was the parent freaking out because the kid might have gotten hurt? Well, I can tell you, and I'm not saying that I'm the best parent in the world, but I'm the parent that keeps telling my kids that they're fine and that they can do it. We have a can-do attitude around here. Nobody is allowed to say can't. They can say that they can't yet, but they're not allowed to tell me that they can't do it. And so the story that I wanted to tell you with that is that When my kids were really small, probably like, I don't know, two and four, probably like when they were two, whenever they can 
possibly figure something out, I make them do it. And when we're in the car and I have two kids that I have to seatbelt in and close, get in the car, seatbelt in and close the doors, like it gets to be a lot of work and a lot of like when you're in a rush, you need to make sure these kids can do these things themselves. So I taught my kids to get their seatbelts on as early as possible and get your doors closed. So I don't have to do all that because I'm, you know, hustling around doing all these other things, getting stuff in the car and whatnot, getting everything else situated. And so probably when my kids were like three or four years old, they could get themselves in the car, close the door, buckle themselves in, let's go. Well, about when they're like four or five, six years old, then their friends want to start coming over. So we were at a party and one of these kids who was like six years old, he wanted to come over to our house. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like just, we have an extra car seat. Just hop in the car. Let's go. Six years old. So he stands at the door and he's crying. I said, what happened? He goes, I can't open the door. Okay. Well, I opened the door, shuffled the kid in, closed the door, sat in my seat. He's crying again. I said, what's the matter? He goes, I can't get up in the seat. What? You can't get up. You're six years old. I don't understand. So I help him. I get out of the car. I help him get up in a seat. And I should have known, right? Because I go back into the, the driver's seat, sit down, close the door. He's crying again. Can't get a seat belt on. I'm like, unbelievable, kid. Really? What it is, is his mom did everything for him. So it goes back to, you know, giving everybody a trophy again. Well, if you keep helping everybody with all the things that they need in life, then they're never going to learn how to do it themselves. My kids failed a lot of times trying to put the seatbelt on. They cried and complained, but they did it. And now that they're a little bit older, like I said, they're five and seven years old, they don't even ask me if they know that it's something that I think that they can do. Because they, I mean, I encourage them all the time to do it, to figure it out. And we have to do those things for our kids and for, for our employees even too, right? There's lots of things that we do and they could do it. They don't always need us. I run a couple of businesses and I have people that reach out to me. They work for me and they reach out to me a lot of times. And it's like, okay, like you could have figured this out by yourself. We have to train them to do all of those things and let them know it's okay and that we, tr we trust them and we believe in them to make those right decisions. So I just, you know, to round out the whole entire call, I just, I want to encourage you to fail. Fail a lot. Fail often. And fail as soon as you can. So now is the best time. If there's something, some goal that you have, what are you waiting for? Don't wait. Do it today. Fail now so you can get to the success for tomorrow. I love you all. Thank you all so much for listening. It has been a pleasure. And Rick should be on next week, I hope, I think, because we were supposed to be at the John Maxwell Conference in Orlando at the International Maxwell Certification coming up. And all of that got canceled with this coronavirus. It's crazy. While we were on the show, actually, I got a text that my children's school got canceled on Monday. So now we have to figure out that situation. But it's cool, right? What's good about this? 
I get to see them on Monday instead of them being out of the house. So just think about it that way. Change your mindset, change your life, and you can do this. Take care. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.